You've heard people around you say, have a great day. Just remember that making it a great day is your choice, completely under your control, if you just know a handful of life secrets. Get ready to be inspired, to discover your creative potential, to put an end to a path of self-sabotage and find your way on the road to success. All can be achieved if you pay attention and take note of the world according to Jackie Simmons. She's a business success brain retrainer, a successful coach, speaker, and author. If you follow her words, you can learn something. If you act on them, you can change your life. Welcome to the world according to Jackie Simmons. This is the world according to Jackie Simmons. Have no doubt. I'm the co-host, John Crocker. With me, of course, as always, here she comes, Jackie Simmons. There you are. How are you, Jackie? Good morning. Oh, good morning, John. This was a wonderful way to start the day. I always like starting the day talking with you and talking with the people who get to show up for this. So Without I'm a doubt. I'm happier to be here. Me too. Thank you so much. Um, so, Jackie... Every day, people seem to sabotage themselves, their happiness, their their work life, their home life. They're essentially throwing banana peels out in front of their own trail and tripping themselves up here. What is this self-sabotage? And do, do we even know that we're doing it? The answer is mostly not. Mostly we, aha, hey, there we go. A little <laughs> bit of magic. Mostly we don't know that we're sabotaging ourselves. We think that life is just happening. And when we start to get the concept that self-sabotage doesn't have to be a bad thing, all of a sudden, we start being able to do it a little more strategically. Sometimes May we- May I ask you a question? Oh, we always. Um, is, it, is it subconscious? Why do people, is it unknowingly subconsciously self-sabotaging ourselves? Of course. I don't think anyone would consciously engage in what most people consider self-sabotage, but it's that area in between the conscious and subconscious mind. They've done a lot of studies and it used to be the ant and the elephant or the human, you're riding the elephant. So this is your conscious mind. This is your subconscious mind. The challenge is that we get in habits of thought. So we go down the street and we turn this way. We go down the street and we turn this way. Yep. Then Somebody gives us a new thought and the new thought is, oh, I can make more money over there. I can have a better relationship over there. The grass is greener over there. So okay. we're going to go that way. Okay. You go down the street, human, neat, 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 elephant. And it comes across in our lives as self-sabotage. But what it really is, is just a habit of thought, a habit of action. So when we recognize that that's what self-sabotage is, it's just you're used to a certain amount of income. All of a sudden you get an idea. I can make more money over here. Oh, no, you can't. You, even if you make it, you can't keep it. This is what happens with lottery winners. There's nothing yeah. wrong with them. We call it self-sabotage. We go into shouldville and we invite them into shouldville with us because they shouldn't have done whatever they did or they should do something different. And all of a sudden we've given all of our power 
up to a society that judges us as though we've done something wrong. All we've really done is the way our brain naturally works. We're just untrained. You know, we're just untrained. We think that we can ride the elephant and actually affect our subconscious patterning with our mind. And the reality is takes a little more than that because your subconscious mind records everything. It is a hundred percent on all the time, every day, always. And it records not just the event that you would see with your eyes, what might leave that kind of a, like a camera recording. Yeah. Your subconscious mind records the emotion and it records the meaning. And you know, it's a funny thing, John. So how, how, do we, how do we leave Shouldville? <laughs> I love leaving Shouldville. <laughs> All right. We're going to leave Shouldville. Okay. First of all, I, I should have told you about Shouldville before we got on the air, but we didn't do that. So I will tell you about Shouldville. We're all learning at the same time. We're all learning at the same time. And, and this is going to be an ongoing discussion because Shouldville is a dark, dank place. Shouldville is where lives get lived and dreams go to die. It is so bad in Shouldville and with people who live in Shouldville don't even realize that they're in Shouldville. They don't realize that every time they should, should on themselves or should on someone else, they are like bringing in the rain clouds. Now getting out of Shouldville is my goal. That was my goal once I realized it existed because I had dreams and they could not grow if I was always judging myself, which is how we get into Shouldville in the first place. It's just a judgment. Just like judging self-sabotage is bad, we judge ourselves as not being smart enough if we indulge in self-sabotage, if we become aware of it, we're like, yeah, there I go again. I knew that wouldn't work out. That's an invitation to Shouldville. So what, Jackie, what is step one of leaving Shouldville? All right. Step one, repeat after me. <laughs> Every penny I have ever spent was well spent. Every penny I have ever spent is well spent. Even if I would not spend a penny that way today. Even if I wouldn't spend that penny that way today. That's the first step out of Shouldville. It's total acceptance that every decision you've ever made when it came to money was a good enough decision. You would learn from it. You're not, you may not do it that way again. The second way to get out of Shouldville is every second I have ever lived was well lived. Even if I wouldn't choose to live it that way now. It is a life of no regrets. Even if I get to the end of my life, I'm not going to look back and say, I should have done something else. No, every second I've ever lived was well lived. So that's step two inside of acceptance. This is step two. All of it is acceptance. Acceptance is the key out of Shouldville to stop arguing with reality. Stop arguing and thinking people should be different than the way people are. Here's another piece of getting out of Shouldville. Every word I've ever read, every word a teacher ever said was useful. 
even if I disagree with it. And sometimes, especially if I disagreed with it, nothing is ever wasted in this. This is the path. In Shouldville, there's a lot of waste. Oh, you shouldn't have bought that. You shouldn't have thrown that away. You shouldn't have, you know, this is where hoarding, I think, comes from is <laughs> this Shouldville, you know, because you, you shouldn't waste anything. You should keep it all. Well, where are you going to put it? And who's going to dust it? So let's not go there. So the way out of that is just to realize nothing's wasted and everything you've ever done, everything you've ever spent, your time, what you've read, it's all good. Now, here's the fourth piece. If you don't... Second, though, I really liked that third piece of acceptance because the way that I understood that anyway, um, everybody, most people love to play the blame game. And that third step of acceptance, at least the way my mind processed it, was sort of taking away the blame game and uh, maybe realizing life a little more. Am I on the right track here? You're on the right track. Okay, it awesome. It's about not arguing with reality. Living, yeah, you know, they call it living life on life's terms. What happens when you do that is that self-sabotage becomes a thing of the past and all of a sudden life starts coming around to your terms. Now, this is the last piece of getting out of self-sabotage. And if you don't have the last piece as well, it's like you've got a car with four tires, but only three of them have air. <laughs> All right. right. So here's the fourth piece. Every person I have ever met enriched my life in some way, even if I would not choose to spend a second with them today. So that is that in my mind is sort of coming to peace with people in the past, letting them go, giving yourself the ability to move forward. Am I doing all right here? You're doing all right here. Okay. Once you do that, you kind of unhooked yourself emotionally from your past. It's like taking off a suit of emotional Velcro where everything's stuck together and putting on some emotional Teflon. Now, other people's stuff just slides off. You don't get confused about, is it your stuff or their stuff? You can tell it apart. And that's what one of the joys of coming out of Shouldville. So leaving Shouldville, and John, I appreciate this conversation because Shouldville is not a place I think anybody should live. No, and I agree with you. I know we got a break coming up here in about a minute. Um, where can people find out more information on how to leave Shouldville? Leaving Shouldville is actually a chapter I wrote in the Make It a Great Day book. So we'll be talking about that as well, but makeitagreatdaybooks.com is where they can find more information and they can actually grab a copy for themselves. So the website is makeitagreatdaybooks.com. The mm -hmm. name of the book is How to Make It a Great Day. The name of the book is Make It a Great Day. The choice is yours. I love it. Awesome. All right. So, Jackie, we've gone through some of this self-sabotage here. I assume there are parts of this after acceptance, which we will have to get to on the other side of a short break. I'm here with Jackie Simmons. This is the world according to Jackie Simmons. I'm John Crocker. We'll see you in a minute. You're tuned in to Better Living Radio, streaming worldwide across the net. And you're listening to The World According to Jackie Simmons. Stay tuned. Jackie will be right back.
You're tuned to the latest concept on radio and on the internet. A gathering of people who use their brains to get a better deal. The day kicks off with none other than the money man, Dan Frischberg. There's the world according to Jackie Simmons, educator and mentor to anyone looking to build or rebuild their business. For the first time home buyers and for real estate investors, David McLaughlin is more than an exceptional mortgage broker. He's the host of his own show right here called Where to Get the Money. Let's not forget the weekly Dent Market Digest with Harry Dent and his co-host Rodney Johnson, offering a free daily newsletter called Economy and Markets. It's the talk and info you need to live a better life. Hence the name Better Living Radio, anchored in Bradenton, Florida at WWPR and broadcasting 24-7 worldwide. Tell your friends about Better Living Radio. Better Living Radio is on the air, and yes, it's everywhere around the world. This segment is one we call The World According to Jackie Simmons. And better hold on, she's back. Welcome back to The World According to Jackie Simmons. I am John Crocker, but the real talent here is Jackie Simmons. She's going to be with us just as soon as I can learn how this really works. There she is. <laughs> Magic, I'm back <laughs> online. Yes, you know, magic. Thank you so much, John. It is so fun. I mean, I could be talking and the microphone is off. Guys, you'll never know what you missed. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jackie, I even just learned we were talking about how to get out of Shouldville, and the whole premise behind it is, uh, I, it's, I guess it's just human nature. We think that the grass is greener on the other side. Oh, I should have done this. Oh, I should have done that. And we had started to go through your proven step-by-step -step process of getting us out of Shouldville. And you actually went right to the punchline. I love it. That, <laughs> that, that last punchline is acceptance. And you went over some great points, which I suggest everybody go back in this show, listen to it again, or watch the video again and write them down. And almost my suggestion is to turn it into um, a bit of a... Uh, something you, uh, something that you just read over again every, every morning when you start your day. So if acceptance is the punchline, let's, I guess, go back a little bit. And what are the other steps here to getting us uh, more happiness, more wealth and getting out of Shouldville? All right. The whole key to life in mind, especially when we're talking as far as self-sabotage, acceptance is important, but before you can get to acceptance, First, you've got to have awareness. You have to be aware, one, that there's a problem. You also then need to have an attitude. You have to have an attitude that says, I can do something about the problem. And then you get into action. And it is not perfect action. It is imperfect, messy, all over the place action at first. And when you can accept that, then you're out of Shouldville. So I'll go a little slower because that's a lot I know that I just covered. Yeah. So if, if, if the first process is awareness, how do we become more aware? What do we do? Lay it out for us. Take a flipping deep breath. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Your brain and body are elegantly designed to calm down when you take three deep, slow breaths. This is how your body responds to 
life. It's how you get back from, if you've been triggered, I hope everybody knows what triggered means. Triggered means there is something that happens that sends your body into fight or flight mode. Your blood gets flooded with chemicals, epinephrine, adrenaline, cortisol. And this is where most of us live now. But when our bodies were originally designed for our ancestor, oh, by the way, John, did you know we have one common ancestor? Uh, I know, I know a little piece of our brain is the same part of our brain that the dinosaur had, the dinosaur has, I call it the lizard brain. There we go. We have one common ancestor more than the lizard brain. He also had the limbic brain and the limbic brain is where the emotions are. And then he had some neocortex, which is where he had a little bit of memory, just enough to be able to recognize like purple plant. What do I know about a purple plant? Last time I ate it, I got sick. Not going to eat a purple plant. Just so, enough to recognize where you buried your food last time so you don't go hungry. <laughs> exactly. And so this is our common ancestor, the caveman Og. Our bodies, our brains have evolved, but our bodies not so much. With Og, it's a really easy thing. He's coming out of his cave in the morning. And, he's, and he sees a shaking bush and he's back in his cave immediately, no thought required. And once he's in his cave, he takes a deep breath. Three deep breaths. Yeah, three deep breaths and he shakes it off. And this is the body's way of resetting. When he saw the shaking bush, he didn't have to go, what do I know? Well, what he knows is that his friend Larry walked a little too close to a shaking bush yesterday, lunch for some other animal. So he didn't have to remember that. He didn't have to have the thinking and neither do we when we get triggered. There is no thinking involved when we are triggered. So same thing happens. Now, body, bloodstream flooded with chemicals. Back in the cave, three deep breaths. There are sensors. This is why yoga works. This is why anything that pays attention to your breathing, like certain types of meditation, why they work because your body's designed to go, <gasps> glad that's over. We don't take a lot of deep breaths in our society. We tend to breathe very shallowly. We tend to hold our breath a lot. And so we don't get the benefit of those sensors at the base of the lungs that tell our body to come out of high alert. Okay, so three deep breaths. What is step number two here of awareness? The keys of awareness are really very simple. If you take a deep breath and all of this starts settling down now, oh, by the way, you know, all that blood that flows to your arms and legs so that you can fight or flee. Guess where it comes from? Uh, your brain. Uh-huh. It actually comes from the brain and the blood pools in the limbic pulls down into the lizard. Why? Well, because one, you don't need any distractions and all the distractions are up here in the prefrontal cortex. But what else is up there is your memory, your language, you know, all of these things. So in our modern day and age. Yeah. How do we get you know, the board back up to our brain? There we go. That's what the deep, slow breaths are for. And the fun part about this is how often does the blood leave your brain? Where are your saber tooth tigers? We don't have a lot of real dinosaurs, but we're getting triggered like we do. 
And my trigger was my boss standing behind my chair. He'd ask me a question. I'd, you know, <clears throat> I'd mutter something about getting back to him. He'd walk down the hall. What did I do when he left? <gasps> That's what he wanted because the blood would come back to my head and I'd have to chase him down the hall. Took me a while to figure out that if I just took a deep breath when he walked into my cubicle, I could keep some blood <laughs> where it belonged in my brain. So, so Jackie, after the deep breath, what is the next step? Come on, give us more meat here. <laughs> the more meat is that immediately you become aware of things you couldn't see or notice before. You'll start to notice the patterns. You'll start to notice what your triggers are. So now that we're more aware, what can we do? What, what is that step two? Step two is attitude. You've got to have an attitude that says, I have control here or I have choice here. And we're going to be talking more about that when we get into how to crush it in the ballpark, because I'm going to give you what those choices are and how to use them in that segment. So don't worry. I'm not going to leave anybody hanging in Shouldville today. So awareness. So there was, there was one solution for awareness and that was yeah. the breath. Okay. It is. As soon as you calm your mind down, you will get more awareness. And then attitude, like I said, attitude is the attitude of, I have some control here. I am not a amoeba that's just reacting to stimulus. I actually have the ability to impact my world and my future. That's an attitude that will get you out of Shouldville. And the last piece is simply action. Now that couldn't, action and then acceptance. So right. attitude, I mean, that's, that's a lot of mental game right there. Um, there are certainly a bunch of people that can't immediately just say to themselves, I'm in control of this. I'm in charge. I'm now going to grab the bull by the horns. So uh, I know we're maybe be jumping a little head in the show. I don't want to give the rest of the show away. And we've only got about, you know, two minutes or so, but what is, what is one thing that we can do to have that more positive attitude where we can go out there and grab the bull? Look for any evidence that you have any control over anything in your life. And the first place to look for evidence is with that deep breathing exercise. Because as soon as you start doing that, you'll realize you have control over your emotions. Sometimes for the first time in your life, you can reset a pause button and not be so reactive. Then you start realizing this attitude of, oh, I don't have to let people push my buttons. I can calm that down. That's where people often start because until they have the direct experience themselves, their brain's not going to buy it. So it sounds like if that is, if that's, that's step one of essentially how to eat an elephant. <laughs> there you go. One bite at a time. Right, right, right. Start out with, with the, the attainable goal. Like you said, sit down, take your breaths, calm down, realize in your own mind, Hey, I just took step one. I accomplished step one and then use that moving forward to make your next step and your next step and your next step. Yeah. That's all life is. The shortest book on success is one sentence. Put one foot in front of the other. <laughs> Repeat. You can make it two sentences if you wanted. Jackie, how can people learn more about this? 
They can learn more about this by going to the Make It A Great Day books.com site. That's where we've been curating a lot of this information. The story of leaving Shouldville, as I said, is in the first Make It A Great Day, The Choice Is Yours book. And they'll find a lot of resources there. They'll also find my passion project there. And we'll be talking more about that later too. Oh man, I want to know what your passion project is. Brutal. All right. Well, uh, this is the world according to Jackie, of course, here with Jackie Simmons. I'm John Crocker. We will all be back in just two minutes. So stay right there. This is the world according to Jackie Simmons. It's a world you can live in if you like. All you have to do is pay attention and then take action. Jackie Simmons will tell you how when we come back. This is Better Living Radio. Each week in his live video market and economy update offered to his inner circle, Dan Frischberg delivers the in-depth, professional version of his famous market x-ray report live and interactive. Now that means you get to ask all the questions you want. And if you can't make the live meeting, you can watch the report on demand. Then email your questions in and Dan will email the answers back or include them in the next live report. Week in and week out, Dan brings you the ideas and specific stock picks from his friends, the people you see on TV and read about in the papers. You'll see what they're buying, how they're hedging, and when they're taking money off the table. At last, you'll get to see how the insiders negotiate the institutional macro bonds that billionaires on Wall Street rely on, the ones almost everyone else never even heard of. When you become an Inner Circle member, Dan will share with you his lifetime of experience and guide you to the best teachers, the best stock pickers, the best option strategists. And you'll be invited to exclusive working vacations in beautiful locations for the inner circle only, where you'll rub elbows with some of the most famous investors on Wall Street. So how do you value the lifetime of skill and experience of a top investor on a mission to share it all with you and help you become one of the few winners? If you've been listening to Dan for a few years, he's likely already made you tons of money, or even more important, saved you from losing a fortune. Now, there are limits to the capacity of the online video sessions, but right now, for a limited time, Dan's offering you the position of charter subscriber, get this, for less than the price of a cup of coffee a day. For all the info or to subscribe, just simply click on themoneyman.com, themoneyman.com. Better Living Radio is on the air, and yes, it's everywhere around the world. This segment is one we call The World According to Jackie Simmons. And better hold on, she's back. Welcome back to The World According to Jackie Simmons. I'm John Crocker, the co-host, but the real talent here is Jackie Simmons. She's going to be on with us. There she is. I do love the magic of this. You do such a great job, John. Thank you. How are you? Welcome back. So, Jackie, um, we went through how to leave Shouldville and really help ourselves, but now we need to really take the bull by the horns. We need to crush it. I love the term that you use, right? You're like crushing it at the ballpark. Um, what is the ballpark? Define the ballpark for us. And are we the player? Are we the owner? Or can we be both? Who are we in the ballpark? Okay. 
the world according to Jackie, a ballpark is simply where you spend your time. And no matter where you spend your time, you're in a ballpark and you are either the club owner or the ball player. And it's a very simple analogy that I first got aware of decades ago. And it goes like this. Every time a new player shows up at a major league ballpark, the club owner sets them down. Kids are all excited. They can hardly sit still. The club owner gives them the rules of the ballpark in writing. Kids start reading. Now, usually they start settling down. And by the time they're done, the conversation goes like this. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't like some of these rules. Huh, kids, not uh, all shocking. Yeah, shocking. I mean, if anybody who's ever raised kids is going to get this. The club owner then lays out the options. Son, you've got three options. Option one, you can accept the rules of the ballpark without conflict. This means you will play ball, make money, and have fun. That's option one. Option two, you can argue with the rules and create conflict. You'll still play ball, but you won't make as much money because you'll pay fines and you will not have as much fun. I guarantee it. That's option two. Option three, you can get out of my ballpark. Kids usually get a little shocked and go, why I didn't, what, what, what were those first two options? I don't want to leave. Right. The rebelling comes in. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden they start paying attention. <laughs> yeah. And so those are the three options. If you are not the club owner and usually you can tell, you know, in any area of your life, you walk in, you can pretty much figure out, am I the one who makes the rules? No. Then I'm the ball player. This is not rocket science. You're either the club owner. You are the one who makes the rules. Or by definition, you're the ball player. There are no other options in life. So for the parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles, if we maybe turn this into a um, older person, younger person reference here, I'm the father of a nearly six-year-old. So in the first instance of the player can choose to accept the rules, is it, was that correct? Mm-hmm. Without conflict. Without conflict. So as the parent, that's what I would guess is my ideal scenario because my I ask my son to do something. He does it without conflict. He seems happy. I seem happy. We go about our business. Is there any more to dig into it in, in that aspect? Not when you're clear whose ballpark you're in, but I have seen some households that are being run by two-year-olds. Oh. So, you know, it's like, this is when we walk through those keys of the how to get out of Shouldville, and that first one is awareness. That's what we're talking about here. The ballpark theory is an easy framework to gain awareness of your environment, and it applies everywhere. When I walk into a class as a student, whose ballpark am I in? You know? Right. If you walk into the boardroom, whose ballpark are you in? Exactly. Right. Ballpark confusion is the biggest time waster, the biggest money stealer, and it is how your joy gets drained out of your life. This is the hallmark of living in Shouldville, what we were talking about earlier. 
So the ball player can choose to have a good attitude, but we don't know we can choose to have a good attitude. That's why this is my attitude thing is when you know that you're the ball player and you know that your experience, are you going to play ball, make money and have fun? Or are you going to struggle to get to practice on time, pay fines, turn your homework in late, get poor grades, and then try to blame it on something other than the choices you made? Right, right. So moving on from the player can essentially cooperate. Uh, please tell me again, what was, what was that in-between option? The in-between option was you can argue with the rules and create conflict. And that's key. The ball player is the one creating the conflict, not the club owner. The club owner just lays out the rules. Now, that's Wouldn't the player the argue that the club owner was creating the conflict? Now, the club that's owner what my son would say, yeah, I know that. <laughs> and, and but then again, that's presupposing the club owner is actually handling their three responsibilities because while the ball player has those three options, and we'll visit them. We will also get to the club owner. He's got three responsibilities and they're pretty key. Um, maybe, maybe we, you want to get into that now? Sure. Okay. Sure. Okay. Go ahead. So All what right. are the responsibilities of the ball player? All right. Not the ball player. The ball player's got the options. They can oh, argue. Okay. 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 Sorry. Rules. Yeah. Or they can get out of the ballpark. The club owner's got three responsibilities. The club owner's first responsibility is to figure out the rules and put them in writing. Write down the rules. So it's not a secret. Ah, duh. The second <laughs> one is to communicate the rules clearly. How many of our families, how many of our offices and our businesses would run better if we actually took the time to set down our ball players and tell them the flipping rules? and explain their options. When you communicate the rules clearly, you've got to communicate what these people's options are because they don't know if you don't tell them. That's part of the club owner's responsibility. This plays out great for parenting. You want less conflict in your house, get clearer on your rules. Oh, and then the last response. Oh, you got a question on that well, one? I was going to say, so, so in step one, how does the owner, the parent or anybody in charge here um, figure out or figure out what the rules are themselves. Okay, here we go. <laughs> if something happens and it makes you smile, probably don't need a rule around that. If something happens and it makes you frown, you might want to think about creating a rule about that. I like that. Again, it's not rocket science. I like that but it does require you to absolutely own your ballpark. You've got to be willing to accept back to that key. You got to be willing to accept that you are the club owner. And if your ball players are taking over and you've got a lot of chaos, it's not their fault. It's your responsibility to start at the beginning write down the rule around whatever made you frown and communicate it clearly. Oh, by the way, after you communicate it clearly, there's one more responsibility of a club owner. You have to apply that rule equitably, not equally. So what does that really mean? 
Well, you wouldn't have the same expectations of a 12 year old that you do of a two year old. I hope. All right. So if you're talking with the seasoned pitcher, as opposed to the rookie, you're using different words to speak with them maybe. Yeah. And you wouldn't have the same expectations of your bat boy that you do of your star player. Okay. So it's about applying the rules equitably. Think of equitably as like consistently. So these are the contexts that you're going to apply them in. And in that same context, you apply them the same way. In a different context, you apply them a different way. That's this concept of apply them equitably. This framework for making decisions, once I started applying it consistently, it changed all of my relationships. It made it possible for my mother and I to be in the same place without conflict for the first time in my life. And I am not telling you how old I was. I that was my next question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me. When I realized that the ball, because I've been teaching the ballpark theory to business owners. It's a great business analogy. When it dawned on me that when I go to visit my mama, I'm in her ballpark. Right. I've got three options. Option one, I could accept her rules without conflict. John, that would have the virtue of never having been tried. Ooh, wow. Okay. Option two, I could argue with her rules and create conflict. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty good at that. I had a lot Pour of that one out. <laughs> and option three, I could stay out of her ballpark, but it was my mama. Yeah. And I wanted my kids to know their grandmother. So it dawned on me what would happen if I actually lived this and like the ball player in the story, I chose option one. Let me tell you, not much happened on the surface except the conversation changed. Now I didn't tell my mama, okay, what I was doing, but I did tell my kids and they were young. By the time we got to my mom's house, they were on the same page and it was like easy. When we come back in for the next segment, we will give you an email address where you can go and very quickly, Jackie, get what? I'm going to send you the ballpark theory on a two-sided card that you can print out, put it on your desk, put it on your refrigerator, teach your kids the ballpark theory. It will save you so much aggravation. This is the world according to Jackie Simmons. You stay right there. You're tuned in to Better Living Radio, streaming worldwide across the net. And you're listening to The World According to Jackie Simmons. Stay tuned. Jackie will be right back. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare. What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? low-cost airlines with one call to low-cost airlines you'll drastically slash your travel costs we're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations where would you like to go london rome costa rica australia wow that's cheap so why wait call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the u.s or international our prices are so low we can't publish them the only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airline travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-631-1754. 800-631-1754. 800-631-1754. 800-631-1754. 
800-631-1754. That's 800-631-1754. What are you going to do with your old car? You can try selling it, you could junk it, or you can donate it to Heritage for the Blind. Your car will be towed away for free, and your donation is tax-deductible. Just call 1-800-639-8620. Heritage for the Blind accepts cars, vans, trucks, and boats. It doesn't matter if your vehicle runs or not. It'll be towed away for free, and you'll be supporting those that need help. Heritage for the Blind is a nonprofit organization that helps the visually impaired live fuller lives. Call right now to donate your car. And as a special thank you for calling, you'll receive a free three-day vacation voucher to many exciting locations. Call Heritage for the Blind right now. Call 1-800-639-8620. Donating is easy, and your vehicle is towed away for free. Plus, you'll get a free vacation voucher. Call now, 1-800-639-8620. That's 1-800-639-8620. Better Living Radio is on the air, and yes, it's everywhere around the world. This segment is one we call The World According to Jackie Simmons. And better hold on, she's back. This segment of Brain Retraining is sponsored by Release Technique. Unlock your fullest potential and get a free sample by going to sanityforsale.com right now. All of the money raised by our sponsors goes to the Teen Suicide Prevention Society. And it all starts by going to sanityforsale.com right now. Well, thank you very much for staying with us. This is The World According to Jackie Simmons. I'm the co-host, John Crocker, with me, of course, as always, the real star of this show, Jackie Simmons. There she is. Welcome back, Jackie. How are you? I am great, John. I'm great. Boy, this is just moving right along. So, uh, fastest hour. Really <laughs> so, Jackie, um, you've taken us, you've pulled us out of the quicksand here of self-sabotage you then shared your inside secrets with us of how to take the bull by horns, crush it in the ballpark. Now, how do we, what is the glue of putting this all together so we can be happier and healthier and make more money, do whatever it is every day that we want to do? Well, the glue that holds all of this together is the fact that if you apply the ballpark theory, you will then shift everything in your brain. So my glue, I call it brain retraining. What are the things that are going to help my brain change from the way I've been thinking, from the way I've been acting, from those habits of thought and habits of action? How am I actually going to turn the elephant the way I want the elephant to go? And so that's what we're going to be talking about now. And the first step is giving yourself permission for it to be easy. Here's the deal. This is my favorite quote of all time. It's from my favorite science fiction writer, a man named Robert A. Heinlein. And in this story, the book is called Time Enough for Love. And isn't that a great concept that we could actually have time in our lives to do what we love, to be with the people that we love? The quote, the amazing thing about the waltzing bear is not how gracefully it dances but the fact that it dances at all. 
And that's what brain retraining is like. It is about doing something new, talking to yourself in a new way, looking at life through a new framework, like whose ballpark am I in? These very basic things, if you apply them consistently, will turn that elephant pretty quickly. Now, this is the world according to Jackie. Yeah. I am not going to shove the whole elephant down your throat, though I could. And I used to. We call that fire hosing people. And for my business audience, if you've ever been to a networking event and gotten fire hosed by someone, you know what I'm talking about. You probably know everything about what their product or service was going to do and absolutely nothing about why you should care. And that's the problem when we try to take in too much information or try to give too much information too fast. Now, I'm not dumbing down this show. I'm not dragging it out. I'm not taking it slowly. What I'm doing is making sure that I don't feed it to you so fast that you get indigestion. So, But you can give us a couple steps, sure. I can give you a couple of steps. So the first step is really ask that question. Whose ballpark am I in? When you ask the question, you give yourself permission to relax. You give yourself permission to know which direction to go because they're very different. If I'm the ball player, I've got three options and only three options. I've had people argue with me, John, not that you've ever done that, but I've had other people argue with me and you've said that there's another option. There has to be. And I'm like, mm -mm, there really isn't now. I will give you the advanced concept on this because people are like, well, what if we have you, it's my ballpark and they've got their ballpark. That's normal. That's not normal. Yeah. We call that forming a league. This is why the ballpark analogy works. Oh, nice. This is how you form a league. This is what happens with speakers. Okay. The event owner has their ballpark. They've got their rules. The speaker has their ballpark. And if they're smart, they know their rules. But I've seen a lot of speakers show up not having told the event host that they want a lapel mic and not a countryman. Yeah. I mean, these things are important, but you got to know your rules no matter which one you're in. Here's the deal. You form a league. That's called a contract, an agreement, a memorandum of understanding, a decision that you're going to do this and they're going to do that. It's called negotiation. You form a league. Now here's the kicker. When I show up for a speaking gig, Hey John, whose ballpark am I in? So if we, if we're talking about business people, mm -hmm. how, how do, how did, how do these business people, the owners in this story, how do they form a league? Well, they sit down and they share their each share their rules and they figure out where their rules are compatible or not. So they need to both agree whether it's said or sort of insinuated by language or body language or something that they are both owners. Because if one of them thinks they're an owner, but the other one thinks, no, the other person is not an owner, but they think they are, then that's conflict. Anything that's outside of my skin, outside of you know, the golden rule, if I'm not the one paying the bills, I'm probably not the club owner. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, I mean, let's get really simple. If I'm not the one paying the bills, I'm probably not the club owner. So what happens when you like, and, and I bring it down to speakers because you know, it's my favorite thing in the world to do. So I bring it down to speakers because this is a lot of confusion in the industry right now. And anybody who is going to build a business, actually anyone who wants to influence their children, what is the one skill you've got to have? You've got to be able to speak well. You've got to be able to tell a story if you want to hold people's attention. So I'm going to speak in terms as though everybody listening is a speaker somewhere in their life. If you're going somewhere, yeah. If you're going somewhere to speak, you're going to a local community club. Once you walk in the door, John, guess whose ballpark you're in? Theirs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You've negotiated a contract, you created a league, but when the speaker walks in the door of that event, they're a ball player. And they've got three options. They can be easy to work with, by accepting the rules without conflict, even if they've changed from the agreement. Okay. Or they can argue with the rules, create conflict, get themselves talked about. It is guaranteed to impact your speaking negatively because it's a small community, no matter where you are. Or they can get out of the ballpark only under extreme conditions. So they're the ball player when they walk into the event right up until the moment they take the stage. And at that moment, that's their ballpark. And if they take that stage, like they own the ballpark, everyone will pay attention to what they say. So it's when they take the stage, it's when they sit down at that business table, it's when the person, uh, parent starts talking to the child, that's, that's when the sort of flip switches, huh? It is when that moment of, under the terms of our agreement, this is what I'm going to do. And the minute I start doing it, it's my ballpark. We're doing it my way. And this is really key. Very few people are good at communicating their rules because they haven't taken the time to write down their rules. Well, we have some rules and that is that this show unfortunately doesn't last forever. Jackie, I know you have a gift for everybody to make this really, really easy. What is it and how do they get it? I'm glad you remembered. They get the gift. The gift is the ballpark theory postcards. One side is for ball players. One side is for club owners. So you've got the options and the responsibilities in front of you. You can print it off because you'll get it by emailing me. And you can email me at Jackie at JackieSimmons.com. J-A-C-K-I-E, Jackie. Good point. Yeah. And then Simmons, S-I-M-M-O-N-S. Um, running out of time, where else can people go to uh, find out more about you and start this journey so they can start crushing it in the ballpark? I want them to go to makeitagreatdaybooks.com. My passion project is there. You guys will hear about my passion project as we move forward together. And I'll see you all on the next show or you'll hear me on the next show. We'll be together soon and we'll tell you more. Right now, just go to makeitagreatdaybooks.com. Makeitagreatdaybooks.com. I love it. Jackie, you are awesome. I love this show. Thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me to be with you. She's Jackie Simmons. I'm John Crocker. We really look forward to being here with you tomorrow. And you know what?
We absolutely will be. So there you go. That's all the time we have. We will see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Have a great day. Well, that may be the fastest hour on the air. So what did you learn today? Most often you hear tips on how to make your life better, which leads to a clear head when you're making business decisions, which leads to a higher level of success, and yes, more profits. But Jackie Simmons has another mission in life, and it's best spelled out in a book titled, Make It a Great Day, The Choice Is Yours. Now, this book is not just for you to read. Jackie says this is a book for you to share. Every day, 3,000 teens attempt to take their own lives. Every day, someone needs a reminder that they're not alone and life's not hopeless. Jackie shares her world here on Better Living Radio. Now she asks that you please share this book. Join in the movement to stem the tide of teen suicide. To learn more about the movement, visit www.makeitagreatdaybooks.com. I was 35 when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. My ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I felt hopeless. He called Elite Rehab Placement because I couldn't make the call. I was ashamed. I was given skills to manage my sadness and my anger. And more importantly, I'm three and a half years sober. I'm so grateful for all their help. And all it took was making one phone call. Elite Rehab can help you start to break your addiction problem and get sober in as little as seven days. And we'll work with your insurance provider to help cover the costs. Plus, we have travel assistance programs to get you here by plane or train. Make this free call right now to learn more. 800-918-1376 That's 800-918-1376 A health threat anywhere is a health threat everywhere. I'm Dr. Phil. A new coronavirus outbreak called COVID-19 started in China and is spreading to many countries, including the U.S., it's critical to get the facts about how to protect our friends and loved ones. While CDC is working with states and communities to stop the spread of the virus, health workers and emergency response efforts need our support. The CDC Foundation, a nonprofit organization, is focusing on immediate and critical needs that help protect our communities here at home and those around the world. We can all play a role in stopping this deadly virus. Get updates, learn how to protect your friends and family, and find out how to help. Go to cdcfoundation.org. That's cdcfoundation.org. Together, our impact is greater. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by the CDC Foundation.